This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by legendary baseball broadcaster Pat Hughes and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is May 2nd, 2019, and this is Thursday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On The Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. You know what? I really miss Kirby Puckett. Let's begin. Bryce Harper immediately became a legend in Philly upon his off-season signing earlier this year. Just his name alone turns heads and alerts ears. According to thescore.com, Harper went off after a quiet opening day performance. We all know this. We all saw this. He homered in three straight games, reached base eight times over his next three contests, and heading into the first weekend in April, he already had six extra base hits and eight walks. His OPS of 1.479 was tops in the majors. But then, it was time to pack the bags and head home because the honeymoon was over. Over his last 22 games, dating back to Sunday against the Twins, he possesses a slash line of 188, 330, and 363. So what do the Phillies fans do? Try to encourage him like Baltimore did with Chris Davis? Now remember, my goal is to fit something Orioles-related into each show, although I know O's fans weren't too kind to Davis at first, but let me have this one. Did Philly rally behind their superstar? No. They did what Philly fans do best. They booed. They lambasted him with boos. Harper's reaction? I do the same thing. It's not fun to lose. It's not fun to watch when you're playing that way. I was 0 for 4 with two punchies. Those are strikeouts, apparently. I'm probably thinking the same thing walking back to the dugout. But what's going on? That's more of a rhetorical question. I'm actually not going to get all nerdy on you. Too wide and nerdy. Think I'm just too wide and nerdy. But Harper has an idea of what's going on. I mean, it is his swing. Just keep missing pitches, Harper said. That's about it. Swing feels good. Hands feel good. Just swinging at pitches out of the zone. Pretty much the same thing, just trying to swing at a pitch over the plate and not miss it. If I can cut down on swinging on pitches out of the zone, get on base with the guys behind me, then I'd be successful. The link in the show notes has a more detailed explanation. It's there for you to take a look at. I won't bore you with the details. But what would a podcast be without a little bit of smash mouth, right? The band's Twitter page was very active when they were advocating the Giants to be Harper's final destination in the offseason. So they sent it off again toward Harper with this recent tweet yesterday afternoon. Yo, Bryce, told you not to go to Philly, jackass. The San Francisco Giants fans never boo their own players. You are led by money only to swim in the sea of boos now. How much do you love your agent now? Worth the taxes you avoided? How's that 45-minute drive to the stadium? Not pulling any punches there, I see. Yesterday afternoon, Jeff Passan posted an image on Twitter with these words in reference to a game in Kansas City. I know that it's a Wednesday afternoon, during the school year, in a city that doesn't draw well against a team that doesn't attract a road crowd. But I've never seen so few people at a major league game as the one just starting now between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. When the Royals shortstop Aldoberto Mondesi hit a two-run homer, the cheers were that of a faint following at an away game, although the matchup took place in Kansas City. It wasn't nearly as bad, though, as the 2015 game between the Orioles and White Sox at Camden Yards on April the 27th. That game was literally empty. 
One of the biggest differences, however, fans were actually prohibited from attending that game. Royals fans just decided not to attend at all. But this is just a tiny sample of what is actually occurring across almost half the league. The Score.com says that 12 out of 30 clubs are drawing less fans this March and April in comparison to the same months in 2018. Seven of the teams are down by double-digit percentages, led by the Blue Jays with a league-worst drop of 33%. Kind of puts the whole Vlad Jr. call-up decision into perspective. Rob Damage Control Manfred steps up to the plate to blame last year's attendance drop on the weather. With less than half the amount of postponements this year as last year, uh, 13 versus 28, there seems to be a bigger issue. Tampa Bay, one of the best teams this year, is drawing less than 10,000 fans in 6 out of 16 home games. Now, Philly's attendance has boomed with a 44% increase, but that's obviously due to signings like Harper and even Andrew McCutcheon. But I really don't think signing a 13-year deal for a bazillion dollars is the solution. Yahoo Sports reports that the feud between the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies is still going strong. Mets pitcher Jacob Rain was optioned down to AAA Syracuse merely days after his incident with Reese Hoskins. Well, Rain entered the game in relief during the sixth inning Monday night against the Phillies affiliate, the Iron Pigs. He was greeted with the replay of Hoskins' home run and slow trot around the bases on the Lehigh Valley scoreboard. The Syracuse Mets organization did not appreciate the gesture. The Mets manager Tony DeFrancisco gave the Iron Pigs manager Kurt Landis an earful after the game, showing his disapproval of the antic. Landis apologized and said he was unaware of the video. I believe he's being honest. The manager would not be involved or have any knowledge of what was going on elsewhere. Mets outfielder Carlos Gomez said, They didn't respect us. Not only the pitcher, they don't respect us as a team. They should not have played that video. We're all professionals here. I mean, isn't that the point of the video, though? To be disrespectful. It's not like there was a conference call in the media room or the broadcaster's booth in which everyone says, hey, we like our opponents. Real stand-up kind of guys. Let's show this video and reminisce about our past battles and appreciate the fact that we have all moved on and can laugh about it now. No, it's one dude nudging another saying, yo, watch this, as they fall to the floor laughing. It's meant to be disrespectful. Not dishonoring to your family and their generations to come, disrespectful, but hey, we don't like you right now, and we will let you know in the most non-threatening way. The Syracuse Mets did get the last laugh, however, by winning the contest, but that didn't stop Lehigh from tweeting out, normally we don't do this, but we've been getting a lot of questions about the Mets lineup. This should answer them all. As they posted a picture of the Mets lineup that had the phrase, not Tim Tebow, in eight out of the nine lineup slots. I thought it was great. Let's lighten up a bit. End your list updates. MLB Trade Rumors reports that Dodgers outfielder A.J. Pollock will undergo surgery to remove the metal hardware that was inserted in his growth plate of his right elbow back in the 2016 procedure. The Dodgers feel the fact that the metal can be removed entirely rather than replaced is relatively good news as it means Pollock's growth plate has healed sufficiently. There's no timeline on a return, though Roberts noted that Pollock is expected back this season. According to NBC Sports, the Mets announced yesterday that reliever Jairus Familia has been placed on the 10-day injured list due to right shoulder soreness. Familia blew a save on Tuesday night against the Reds, surrendering two runs on three singles and a walk while recording two outs, although he did work a 1-2-3 eighth inning prior to that. Following the game, manager Mickey Calloway was very encouraging toward Familia, saying, I saw a guy that was lights out for five outs. His stuff is undoubtedly there. According to NJ.com, while playing a second rehab game in two days for the high-A Tampa Tarpoons, Troy Tulowitzki lined a first-inning single to left field then immediately was removed for a pinch runner due to tightness in his left calf. Tulowitzki has been on the IL since April 4th with a left calf strain. I'm not going to pretend that I know the severity of Troy's injuries, even though he can't seem to stay off the injured list. But some guys just can't play through pain. 
I don't mean ignoring clear signs of injury, but I mean the pain associated with healing. I hated, absolutely hated the therapy on my torn labrums. It was very painful, but necessary. And some just take longer to recover. I may be one of those, honestly. It's not unlike those that don't go to work because they have sinus issues or allergies. They just can't function and fight through the ailment and do their work at the same time. Nothing wrong with that. But this could be one of those scenarios with Tulowitzki. We will see. Score.com reports that Cleveland Indians right-hander Corey Kluber has a non-displaced fracture of his right ulna. He will be reevaluated uh, today in Cleveland to confirm the injury and assess a timetable for his return. Kluber took a screaming line drive to the forearm off the bat of Marlins third baseman Brian Anderson. The video of the incident shows Kluber chasing after the ball, grabbing it with his glove hand and flicking it to first base with his throwing arm dangling by his side. He exited the game in the bottom of the fifth after allowing eight hits and three on runs. Not a good night at all. Quick takes. The Rangers signed Jose Leclerc to a four-year deal worth $14.7 million during March in order to be their closer. Well, as of yesterday, he is no longer the Rangers' go-to guy when a game needs to be closed out. He will now be used in low-leverage spots for the time being. This really doesn't come as a surprise since its ERA is a whopping 8.44. He gives up walks and hard hits. Not in the job description as a closer. According to NBC Sports, during a seven-game homestand that included a three-game set versus the Twins, Astros outfielder George Springer was seen shouting a homophobic slur at umpire Angel Hernandez. MLB's disciplining for the use of slurs is a bit spotty, the article says. Yuli Gurriel was suspended for five games for comments toward Yu Darvish. Matt Joyce was suspended two games for a slur toward a heckler in the fans. And Kevin Pillar was suspended for a slur used against Jason Motts, all coming in 2017. What is not clear is whether or not Springer was suspended. He has played in all games since the incident, so there's the assumption that it was only a fine. Do what you want, MLB but you have got to be consistent in order to move your product forward in all facets of the game. Here's a cool one for you. Sports columnist for the Kansas City Star, Sam Mellinger, tweeted out, Extreme shout-out to the Royals and Rays, including a 45-minute break in between. They just played two baseball games in a total of six hours and one minute. Royals won both. Now that's approximately two hours and 38 minutes for each game. Somehow. Manfred is going to take credit for this. According to MLB Stats Twitter account, Mike Trout has set another Angels record. He has reached base in 28 straight games to start the season, passing Darren Erstead's record set in 2000. This is actually a reasonably respected tweet and record to mention. I give it two thumbs up. Good on you, Mike Trout. Sporting News reports that Giants pitching prospect Logan Webb has been suspended 80 games without pay for using a performance-enhancing drug. Now, I tried to pronounce the name of the drug, but ended up just swearing instead. But the Giants released a statement from Webb saying he did not knowingly take the drug. This is what he has to say. For the past month and a half, I have tried endlessly to find the answer to why the M4 metabolite was found in my urine sample. I know in my heart that something someday will be put into the world to prove my innocence. The proof is in the P. Writing for the WB Journal, Zachary Camus reports that no official decision has been made on the new identity of the Pawtucket Red Sox, but the team has trademarked three names, Worcesters, Ruby Legs, and Wicked Worms. Trademarks for these three names for entertainment purposes were filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in February. At least two of these names, the Worcesters and Ruby Legs, refer to late 1800s baseball teams from Worcester. For now, the Worcester team is known as the Worcester Red Sox or the Woo Sox. I'm liking the Woo Sox. And wrapping things up, the score.com reports that the Red Sox have banned Fortnite from the clubhouse this season. I haven't seen it this year, right hander Nathan Eovaldi said. Usually everybody had it set up in their lockers, but I haven't seen it. Players said the team made the decision to remove the game after it started to interfere with their on-field preparations. Ivaldi also remarked, Maybe if we were doing a little better, maybe we would be doing it, but you can't be losing and playing Fortnite in the clubhouse. This is your classic, not video games until you bring your grades up type of situation. Now, I've tried playing Fortnite, maybe a round or two. Didn't like it. You see, 
while playing GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64, I was the guy staring in the corner, jumping up and down, shooting myself. I was the kid you didn't invite to your all-nighter video game party. Until I was the only one that had Mario Kart 64. That'll do it for me. Thanks for tuning in to Thursday's edition of On The Hop News. And remember, baseball's not boring. You're boring. Chat with you tomorrow.